Thank you for downloading the Barbecue Central Show. The Barbecue Central Show is supported in part by these great sponsors. The Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices and barbecue pits. Their website is thebbqguru.com. Also, Butcher Barbecue, maker of injections, rubs, and sauces. Their website is butcherbbq.com. And by Big Papa Smokers, your one-stop online shop for anything in the barbecue and grilling industry to include world championship winning rubs. Their website, bigpapasmokers.com. And by Cookshack, maker of pellet and electric cookers. You can visit them at cookshack.com. Also, Chops Power Injector System. Three different size injectors to choose from. Find out more at barbecuekansascity.com, and that's barbecue, B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. And by Pit Barrel Cooker, one of the most unique and versatile cookers out there on the market. Visit them at pitbarrelcooker.com. And by Smithfield, the biggest name in pork, bringing you great opportunities this barbecue season. Get Smokin' with Smithfield and their grant program and committed cooks program. Learn more at smokinwithsmithfield.com. And by Green Mountain Grills, some of the finest pellet cookers on the market. Their website, greenmountaingrills.com. Also by Cookin' Pellets, manufacturer of wood pellets to fire wood pellet cookers. Their website is cookinpellets.com. You can also purchase on Amazon.com as well. This is Marley Rampy, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. We'll do it live. Okay. Well, do it live! I can, I'll write it, and we'll do it live! So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Oh. Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the really big Barbecue Central Show. This is the show that talks about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling. We're broadcasting live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio. It is the barbecue capital of the North Coast. And I am your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard here on your Tuesday. In the Jam Pack Show, we have for ye. So if you've always wanted to interact with the show via phone call or email, but you don't have that info, let me get you hip. You can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, at BBQ Central Show. Anything else you want to find out about the show can be found at the main website, thebbqcentralshow.com. And here's what's happening in case you didn't get the newsletter coming up. In about 12 minutes from now, the third Tuesday regular segment, guest, recurring guest, if you will, Barbecue Hall of Famer and prolific cookbook author from the live fire cooking world, Stephen Reichland, will be joining me. 
Always excited to talk to Stephen and see what's happening in his world and his thoughts on the industry as a whole of barbecue and grilling. So Stephen Reichling coming up 914. And then at 935, our now recurring monthly visit from one of the founders of the Steak Cook-Off Association, Brett Galloway, joins me. And as we have over the last uh, handful of months, we will recap some of the bigger events that have transpired since the last time we talked about last month. We will also take a look ahead at some of the bigger events that will be taking place over the course of the next handful of weeks before we revisit with Brett again in September. And then we will talk a little bit about fuel sources, charcoal preferences, other types of meat. I had heard Brett and his, uh, I believe, partner, how was that, have a uh, podcast, I believe, or it might be an internet radio show. I don't know if they do it live anymore or not, or if it's all pre-recorded, but it's uh, the Ribeye Radio Show. And that's specifically dedicated to the State Cook-Off Association. But I believe a handful of weeks ago, they might have mentioned that they were going to be trying pork steak, I think is a ancillary category at one of the events they were pulling off. I could be way off base, but I remember hearing something about pork steak and the Steak Cook-Off Association and something along those lines. So we'll talk to Brett Galloway coming up at 9.35, and then we'll move into the second hour where I'll be joined by the creator slash founder of one of the most prolific barbecue products perhaps ever, very tasty, and the product portfolio has really become wealthy in terms of offerings to the client. He's also the current IBCA general director or president or main man or whatever you want to call it. Craig Sherry will rejoin the show at 1014. Looking forward to catching up with him. If you didn't know, the IBCA had its year-end meeting. Is that what it's called, Doug, the year-end meeting? Where everybody gets together, it's like the you know the the a lot of these other banquets that some of these other sanctioning bodies have, where they have uh, you know nice food. Everybody would get together that shows up. Also, they go over new rules that are going to be entered into the new season coming up. And then, of course, Craig is up on his second year term, so he has to rerun for president. Assuming he wants to do that, he's currently listed himself as running and running against one other person. So it's either going to be him or the new guy. And those terms are two years. So we'll have a little time with Craig. We'll reflect on the two years that he has had as IBCA president or general manager partner guy and things that he has been able to kind of push forward and accomplish, uh, things that might be considered uh, business left undone at this point. Are those items that he would pick up if he gets reelected? And then we'll also talk about some of the rule changes that took place. So always exciting to talk to Craig, Sherry, IBCA, and Texas Pepper Jelly independently. The annual meeting. That's correct. And then at 1035, we will close it out with one of the great characters slash businessmen of barbecue. He is a manufacturer of wood pellets and a sponsor of this show. Chris Becker, but I just know him as CB from cookingpellets.com. So we'll talk a little bit about the cooking pellet industry and where it is right now. But more importantly, we'll talk about some of the new products 
that he is introducing into the market currently and maybe some other ones that he has ready for launch. So Chris Becker, always a fun guest and looking forward to speaking with him at 1035 to close the show. All right, let everybody know the show is on. Send them to all those places I tell you to each and every week. And don't forget you can subscribe to this show on iTunes or Google Play or anyway. In fact, I'm not, I have no confirmation yet. I have no confirmation yet. But I have submitted my podcast to Spotify. I said Spotify. And that could be a big deal. Everybody loves Spotify. It now is taking podcasts. Very difficult to figure out how you can submit your podcast for review and potential selection. It's not like iTunes, where as long as you do the right things and you generate that XML feed or podcast feed, as they call it nowadays. In the old days, it was XML. But if you have that podcast feed, you just upload it and away you go. Same thing for Google Play, a lot of the other internet podcast directories, but Spotify, there is a cool kid club card meeting that you have to go to. So the show has been submitted as of early this afternoon, and they said that they will alert me if the show is put on. But really, I've seen a list of podcasts that are on Spotify right now, and if I don't get in, I should really consider stopping the show like immediately. So I probably won't do that, but. That also heightens my expectation that I'll be listed in Spotify. Anyway, I wanted to get this before we get to the first break and then over to Stephen Reichland. Many of you in the past week have been sending emails about the bread with bacon fat video I played during last week's episode at the top of the second hour, and you could hear that bacon fat sizzling over the top of all the vegetables and that delicious thick-cut Italian bread, and said, hey, Is there a proper name for that dish or condiment or hors d'oeuvre or whatever you call it? So, of course, I reached out to Hungarian expert of all Hungarians, Teresa Galeota, for the proper name. And it was reported back to me that it's called Salina bread. It's also known amongst the Hungarians as greasy or dirty bread. So... A, that's the very tip of it, but I figured I would school you a little bit as well. Salina is Hungarian for back bacon made of smoked pork fat with the rind and is traditional in Hungarian cuisine. It's often smoked or cooked in some manner before purchase so that the buyer can eat it without further preparation. It's very different from popular American bacon, which is typically sold soft and uncooked. Salina can be cooked over a pit, fire pit, which is what we did. This often involves cutting the salina into long chunks or cubes, spreading them, and or roasting them over the open fire. Salina cooks to be somewhat crispy and then is eaten with other side dishes or stand alone. Once it starts to sizzle and drip with fat, salina is removed from the fire and the fat is allowed to drip onto a slice of freshly baked bread. The salina is returned to the fire and the process is repeated until the bread is nearly saturated with the fat from the salina, sliced cucumber, red onion, green pepper, red radishes, all that good stuff is used to add flavor to the slice of bread. And then more drippings are allowed to go on top of it, which is what you saw in my video. So periodically, the charred remains are scraped off the salina and are used as additional toppings. 
or where I was at, people were almost fist fighting over those. And the dish is considered to be peasants' food since the most important aspect was the fat, which was discarded by the wealthy Hungarians. How about that? So it's also kind of like a coming-of-age dish as well for opening day. Uh, it's kind of a rite of passage for families of Hungarian and American descent where they share stories and customs, and that's part of the young child's meal, giving them a first taste. How about that? How about that? So that's Salina bacon or Salina bread, a.k.a. greasy or dirty bread. Like it. All right, uh, we got Stephen Reichland coming up out of the break. I want to talk to you quickly about Big Papa Smokers. Head on over to BigPapaSmokers.com for all your barbecue needs. They are known for championship rubs and seasonings, popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, proven winners on the competition circuit and in the backyard. Big Papa Smokers offers 13 perfectly balanced flavors that will transform ordinary meals into extraordinary. Whether you're cooking to impress the judges or grilling for the family, Big Papa's award-winning rubs and seasonings just don't disappoint. You can pick up a bottle at the website, BigPapaSmokers.com. Over the past few years, because they've also joined forces with Simply Marvelous Barbecue to form that West Coast offense, that has cornered the market on competitive barbecue and redefined the flavor profiles that cooks from across the country have begun to aim for. They're also the proud owner of the award-winning Granny's Barbecue Sauce. Looking for a a new go-to barbecue sauce that will please everyone? Granny's traditional yet powerful flavor that reminds us why we fell in bar- why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. Find Granny's Barbecue Sauce and other top-related barbecue sauces at BigPapaSmokers.com. Aside from their premium selection of rubs and sauces, Big Papa Smokers also offers the very best pellet, charcoal, and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out the Mac 2 Star Pellet Grill. They are the Mac Dealer's exclusive online retailer. Not a fan of the pellet cookers? Try the Old Hickory Ace BP. It's the only one that Sterling has on the back of his competition trailer. And if you are a backyard barbecue enthusiast looking for a durable and versatile grill that might just last forever, the M Grill from Texas is just what you need. Built like tanks, for crying out loud. If you're not sure what you need, you really can't go wrong with any of the grills or smokers featured at the website. They have something for every kind of backyard cooking budget. Check out their website for a full lineup of selections. It's clear that Big Papa Smokers is the place to go for all things barbecue. Every product featured on their website has been hand-selected to help you barbecue better. Check them out on the phone at 877-828-0727 or shop their website at BigPapaSmokers.com. That's B-I-G-P-O-P-P-A Smokers.com. And we'll be back with Stephen Reichlin coming up out of the break, so... Be tuned in. You don't want to miss Steven when we're coming back. Stick around. We'll be right, right here. We'll be right here. Here we go. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Hey, welcome back. 
As we talked about with Emily Detweiler last week, Smithfield wants to give you the opportunity to win five G's by doing what you guys do best and gals grilling, right? Grill it, share it, score. Find out how easy it is at smithfieldgetgrilling.com. It was like uh, cooked pork like a steak the last time we talked. I think I might have a week or two left on it. So get down with it. My first guest, seen here the third Tuesday of each month. 2015 Barbecue Hall of Fame inductee, TV show host, barbecue cooking class instructor, and perhaps, nay, I'll just say it, the most prolific barbecue and grilling cookbook author this world has ever seen. We race to the hotline. And welcome back, friend of the show, Stephen Wright. Stephen, how are you? Mm-hmm. Stephen, how are you? Hello? Hello? Is this thing on? Hello? Is it on? Hello? Stephen, are you there? I think he's actually more pro... Uh, pro. Uh, not that he doesn't like the English people. I think he's, like, well more received than the uh, French... With, amongst the French... French Canadians, too, love him. But Let's see what we got going here. I'm going to retry. I didn't see the right picture anyway when I called him the first time, so... Maybe he's caught in a private jet. I mean, I don't know how he rolls. Everybody know everybody that I know knows. Everybody that knows me knows I keeps a private jet. So, all right, Stephen Reichlin is uh, officially on the clock, as they say. So we'll see what he's got when he calls in. Uh, if you want to jump in, more than happy to have you. Two one six two two zero zero nine six six. Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com is the place to, or ways to get in touch with me. I refreshed you on the Salina bread. So please, I don't know where everybody else is going to be this coming weekend. And I know it's like four days away. And if you live anywhere in any type of weather corridor like we do here in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city, Tuesday shows that Saturday and Sunday are going to be extremely spectacular to the tune of mid-70s and wall-to-wall sunshine, which is my favorite. Of course, in a matter of minutes, that could all change to the tune of 60 degrees or 90 degrees, an incredible amount of humidity or no humidity, and on the border of snowing in the middle of August, so... At the moment, it looks really nice, so very excited. We're going to be doing the big Sunday throwdown here, uh, the, the uh, let's call it the pre-Labor Day. Is that what you call it, pre-Labor Day? I don't even know if it's pre-Labor Day. Where's my mouse at? So, I mean, that's what the plan is, at least for now. But I'll get a little bit more in depth in here. Do have a phone call, by the way. Go ahead, you're on the air. Where in the hells are you? I've been waiting for nine minutes. Nine minutes? Who's this? E- excuse me, but time is money. You cannot just keep me waiting like this. It's so rude. Isn't it? Who is this? Go ahead. Reveal yourself to me. I have children to feed. I could have had like two or three other customers in this time that you've made me wait. Oh, my lordies. 
You could have had customers, or you called Get your me. Get booty over here, please. I'm not going to wait any longer. That's you- right. I agree with you. I should I leave. Will, I will report you in the app right now. I'm reporting you so hard. You're supporting me? Hello? I will have you blacklisted. You will never get another driver in this city ever again. Just like the actors of Hollywood. You'll never work in this town again. Well, you'll never get a car Hold picking on. you up from your location. Wait a second. I believe uh-huh. we have the former governor of California, Arnold Schwarzenegger, on the phone. Arnold, great to have you as always. What? I got pranked? I didn't realize that. I thought I called somebody up and was hurting their feelings. <laughs> I don't want to get off on a tangent here, but, like, really? If you're going to prank phone call a lowly internet show on a Tuesday from 9 to 11, please have the wherewithal and ability to properly make that phony phone call yourself and see it all the way through and be unruly and be absolutely inspiring in your ability to work a phony phone call. That's a lost art. I mean, with all of this phone IDs and being able to call people, I mean, you can't hide anything anymore. Plus, everybody that does anything anymore is always recording themselves. But the art of the phony phone call still lives, might I say, proudly within the Howard Stern realm. But otherwise, it's really tough. Like, I can't wait for a number to show up on my phone. And typically, I don't answer my phone unless a name is showing up on there because it's probably somebody I don't know. Probably. Not all the time. But sometimes I just feel froggy and I answer the phone and it's telemarketer and I just have my way with them. It's a good exercise to think extemporaneously and being able to come up with things, you know, well, extemporaneous, not to be redundant. But it works on your rapier wit, for crying out loud. Don't have some, and somebody probably paid for that or pays for that service. Don't pay for an app to make a phony phone call to me. Get that big stuff out of here. Why to me? Ugh. Anyway, getting back to this coming weekend, A, Jason King is right. You can't trust weather people at all, especially up here. And Jason is as close to me as pretty much most anybody is going to be close to me. But right now it's looking good. So on tap for Sunday, early rise, talking like 0800, right down to the patio, uncovering All of the grills in the cookers. About 25 pounds of lump charcoal going into the art flame. Where we will light that up and begin the art flame breakfast. That has come to be very popular within the block of Wycliffe that I live on. Perhaps uh, neighbor Desmond, who, by the way, I didn't uh, want to... I didn't want to say that he's not here, but once again, here's Desmond. Oh, Desmond. However, Sunday, I guarantee he will be here. We will be making pounds and pounds of bacon, thick-cut bacon, not that cheap crap. 
And then from there, it's anybody's guess. We've done omelets. We've also done scrambled eggs and over easy eggs and over medium eggs and sunny side eggs. And French toast and pancakes and stuffed pancakes and stuffed French toast and grilled cheese and all this other stuff. Perhaps Deputy Corey might be making an appearance as well, so we're looking forward to that. And then, since I have everything off and the weather promises to be substantially wonderful, we might just roll right into a full smokeout session for dinner as well, which could be ribs and chicken wings and all this other great stuff that I like to make. And who else? Whoever's going to be around, you want? I'm going to have a lot of cookers going. We just throw stuff in, and you take it when it's done, and away you go. It's the way we roll out here. It's what I like. Anyway, that's what's happening. Uh, and then that was the recap on the uh, salad of bread. A lot of people were asking. I want to mention, if you are on the Facebooks and you are looking for a cool barbecue hangout, if I mean, first of, if you haven't liked the Barbecue Central show page, please do that. I need all of the likes. But there is a—I don't know if it's a group or if you have to ask for permission or if you're just like it and you're automatically in. But there's a, a spot on the Facebooks called Twenty BBQ Twenty Four Seven or BBQ Two Four Seven, and it was created by Tyler Cannon, who is also a fan of this show, by the way. So I like that. But it's got a lot of great uh, general backyard talk. But also, if you're like in competition, it does seem to have a particular vibe where people don't mind sharing some secrets or what's working for them. So if you're looking for one place or an additional place on the Facebook, BBQ247 might be a place that you want to check out. Uh, I have this. I got to figure out where I put it. Hold on. Uh, let me go to files. Two weeks ago, I did an interview, as you would recall, with a guy by the name of Pepper Morgan. And Pepper had his 1,700-pound cooker stolen from him. Hmm. Let's see. Do I Did I keep it? Oh, cripes. Maybe I need to go back. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay. Here we go. Can I get? Yeah, okay. Great, great. great. This will work out just fine. So I had done that original story. He was on the air live. We talked about that. We talked about the barbecue culture of New Mexico eventually. And then last week, I called him and I said, hey, Pepper. Do you have an update that I can pass along to my listeners? And this is how it went. Uh, what? <laughs> what? Uh, Pe- Pepper, are you in a windstorm? Hello, Pepper. Wow. That sounds horrible. Let me search for a different file there. Wow. Pepper update. Yeah, that's right. All right. I mean, it's showing up, right? Let's see if this one works. No. <laughs> Holy moly. 
That sounds terrible. I have no other way to play it. Well, that sucks. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to pretend like I have Pepper on the phone, but uh, the long and the short of it is Pepper's 1,700-pound barbecue pit? No. Not found yet. So to me, it can only signify a few different things. Whenever they stole it, they were able to make tracks far enough away from where they are in Albuquerque for it not to be recognized or just went in the cover of darkness up into somewhere in Colorado, if that's near New Mexico, and said, hey, we're gonna, we really want this smoker. We're going to latch up to it, and we are going to take it to the promised land, and away we go. That's scenario number one. Or scenario number two, which I think might be a little bit more realistic, is they latched up to it and went to the first warehouse they could find that was unassuming and that wouldn't be scoured over by the police. And there it sits, still potentially filled with at least two or three briskets and eight to ten pork butts. Enough to live on for a number of weeks if you had to. Although it's probably gone bad by now. But I think that thing is either got camo tents thrown over it or it is somewhere in a warehouse and it is just right there, but nobody's going to see it. So be it. But Pepper's thing not found. Very unfortunate, I have to say that. Uh, here's a couple of items that I have in my backyard. Uh, what we call the uh, unsolicited plug or mention here on this show. Uh, these people have no affiliation with my show. I do not garner one cent from them. They're just tools that I have found to be really good that I would share with you since I like them and I've used them now for months. And they have proven their salt. Number one, and well, especially if you have an offset cooker, like a real one, not the char griller. POS offset or COS, cheap offset smoker. That's kind of a that's kind of a bad one, right? But if you have like, you know, I have the Lang 36 and there's a, a whole bunch of Langs, you have the Gator pits, you have the close pits, the pits and spits, the baits, and the list goes on, the Yoders. Finding dry wood, number one, is key. Having really well seasoned wood is Almost priority number one to have a good experience right off the bat, especially if you have no idea what you're doing. Secondly, getting the splits size right might be 1B of importance. Maybe two, but it might be 1A seasoning, 1B split length and size. So maybe you are a burly big bear guy and you live out in the woods and you have that huge big tree stump that you can put the splits on top of it and you have your splitting mall and away you go. I don't have that where I live. I'm not about to import some really big stump to kill my grass so I can split wood because I'm not going to live in this house forever. So then I'm left to think, well, I hope the person that's going to buy my house is going to want this big ass stump that I split wood on. Well, what's the next best thing? I I believe I was Googling or I was on the Amazon looking for wood splitters. And there's this product called the Kindling 
cracker. And it's all steel and it's heavy AF, as the kids say, or at least sturdy. Now, this too can, if you have, again, if we go back to the big stump that a lot of people just put splits on and, and go to town right there, these have two mounting holes where if you have like screws, you can mount it right to the big ass stump and away you go, fully solid. Uh, secondly, it's got a steel ring and you put the split that you got from the wood guy in there and then it's almost got like a upside down splitting mall so it comes to a upside down triangle just a sharp point so the wood sits right on top of there you you know just tap it down a little bit to secure it in and then I have like I think it's a five pound hand sledge and then just whack whack boom and it will split it with incredible ease incredible ease not only that so for me i use it if i have like the normal size split of wood i put it in put it in half and that seems to be the best split that works for my lang easy enough but if i want to start a fire or make like true kindling you can literally take one split and cut it or split it 15 times into like very thin, really nice kindling, build your fire up from there first. And then while the initial fire is going in the firebox, you can take your, you know, 10 or 12 other single splits, split those in half and you're off and running, ready to go to run the rest of your fire, you know, depending on what you're cooking. So the kindling cracker, I suggest you go to the website, the bbqcentralshow.com. Click on Amazon and then search Kindling Cracker. And if you live in Europe, I believe they have two sizes. Right now in the States, they only have one size. But be sure if you don't have one after you get it, and you will thank me. It is, it's one of those things like the Chops Power Injector where you have been injecting with one needle all this time. But then when you get the Chops and you go four needles, you're like, what was I waiting for? You get this Kindling Cracker, you're going to be like, Woof, this thing is awesome. Now. To go hand-in-hand hand with that for the offset, everybody has barbecue gurus or these automatic temperature control devices for a lot of the other style pits. And I believe Bob says you can use a guru on some of those offset pits. But I had a guy on this show six months ago, maybe even longer than that, who created the perfect draft blower system that is really made specifically for the offsets. Bigger unit, pretty non-techy, but you put the probe in the cooking chamber that feeds down into the main control and you just kind of knob dial in your temperature and away it goes. You shut. So I shut the one back pinwheel of my firebox on my Lang and then I adjust the other one where it hooks onto, I don't know, 50% open, 40% open. And the, but I leave the stack wide open. It says on the directions for perfect draft to cock it about 50 to 55% closed, but I believe that that I don't, I'm not getting the burn I like out of that, but the way that I have works for me and it keeps that temperature right where you set it within five or 10 degrees tops of variation and the efficiency that I have been able to achieve now because of how complete with that consistent air draft burns that wood right up. 
You can't leave it too long because it'll... <laughs> It will consume everything, but as long as you're diligent on it, you can stick a couple in there and you're not raising a blaze in the firebox. You're just keeping it stoked. It's great. That's called the perfect draft blower system. Quick couple shout outs from products that I like. I love the kindling crack. All right, folks, Cook Shack manufactures smoker ovens for barbecue lovers with any amount of experience, whether you barbecue in your backyard, on the competition circuit, or in a five-star dining facility. Cook Shack has the unit that will do the job, and with a full line of barbecue sauces, spices, pellets, and wood chunks, it's the perfect one-stop shop. Cook Shack strives to be your barbecue resource center by offering cooking classes, online recipes, how-to videos, two blogs, Smoke and Grilling 101s, and a video cooking classroom. Check out their website at cookshack.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, Pinterest, and Google+. Plus. Get advice or share your passion for barbecue on their world-class barbecue forum. Cookshack pellet-fired smokers are the choice of champions because they were designed by a champion. Ed Fast, Eddie Morin, the FEC 100 and PG 1000 are always customer favorites. The PG 1000 can double as a grill and smoker. Low and slow or hot and fast, the pellet grill line gives you the most for your money. How about this one? The Cook Shack Residential Electric Smoker. It's the number one smoker in the industry. High quality means high durability and versatility. Anything you can cook in your oven, you can make in a Cook Shack. Passion and dedication drives Cook Shack's manufacturing with quality always being at the forefront. Get the best in barbecue since 1962. Call 800-423-0698. That's 800-423-0698. 0698 or visit the website cookshack.com. That's cookshack.com. Matter of fact, I saw Fast Eddie doing a local news hit on his commercial pellet pizza oven. Pretty neat. Um, Stuart Powell did say that there was going to be a residential one coming out, I thought, in the summer. Also, just a quick note, Patrick Paquette uh, from the Basic Barbecue team saying that both sizes of the Kindling Cracker are on Amazon right now. Great product. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. Uh, thanks again to Stephen Reichland for showing up. Get that big out of here. And we will head over and grab Brett Galloway out of the break. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show right here on the Barbecue Central Network. Stick around. Be right back. Six two two zero zero nine six six. Now let's get back to the LeBron James and barbecue talk. Craig Rampey. Hey, this portion of the show is brought to you by Green Mountain Grills. Manufactures some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. If you're looking for a big cooker to house a lot of food, they got one for you. Medium size, they got one there too. Small enough for tailgating? Well, surely. They can also supply you pellets to fire those cookers. Also, that pizza insert that I've been using quite a bit. Quite a bit. Huh. At 927, Stephen Reichland standing by. Uh-oh. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't, Stephen, I don't know what happened. I was there 
we were there together, but evidently we're not. I don't know. I tried. What can I tell you? Anyway, uh, the State Cook-Off Association is continuing to gain the popularity, and the third Tuesday of each month, we get updates from the man over at the State Cook-Off Association. Let's race over and welcome back Brett Galloway to the show. Brett, how are you, buddy? Doing good. How are you doing, bud? Absolutely fantastic, Brett. I appreciate you making time here. Uh, You got video tonight or just audio? I thought we had video. Uh, you might need to click the little camera button there. I don't know why it uh, decides to... Oh, there to, we go. Sorry about that. Yeah, that's all right. It always decides to go, like, uh, auto off first or default to off and, you know, whatever. So yeah. uh, let's talk about uh, great events that happened over the last handful of weeks. Like, what's obviously, they're all important, right? But what are some of the ones that have stuck out to you as kind of the overseer? Well, we did a great event in Climax Springs on Lake of the Ozarks, Climax Springs, uh, Missouri. I was a fundraiser for OBR. That went well. But the big deal there was we did pork steaks for the first time as an ancillary category, and the team seemed to love it. So I just mentioned that because I heard, uh, I believe it was you and your partner, it was a number of weeks ago I was listening to one of the ribeye radio shows and might have been leading up to that, and you were talking about pork steak and there seemed to be a little trepidation there or perhaps unfamiliarity with how that might work, but some general excitement as well. So by and large, it was, uh, A, as you said, an ancillary category, but who was like providing it and how did you find it to be generally cooked and turned in for judging? Uh, that was provided by Prairie Fresh. They provided all the steaks or the pork steaks for the event. I thought it was great. We had not done one before. We were a little nervous. It was the first one. You know, you set the rules. You're not sure how how it's going to play out, but we thought the rules were very fair for it. I uh, thought the turn-ins were great. Uh, generally, most guys smoked them. I, I wonder if some guys were going to grill them, but you know, guys have their little red boxes out there and other other items to cook them, pit barrel cookers, and it was neat. So from a steak cooking association's standpoint, you obviously have that visual guideline uh, to cook steaks to or beef. And the other criteria that you have, how did the judging stay the same and or diverge from the pork steak? That's a good question. We left off the doneness because pork steak, what'd your grandpa tell you? You can't eat that. It's under 160. You can get trigonosis. 160, 180. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Doesn't happen anymore. Now it's, you know, 140 degrees is what they say is safe now. And honestly, I cook mine to about 137, 138 and let it ride up. And it's juicy. It's tender. Uh, but to judge doneness, if if we had older judges, they would automatically knock them down. So we took doneness out of the equation and we changed texture to tenderness. Is it tender? Which is a lot different than texture, which is texture is do you enjoy the texture? Well, that you can overdo anything, but tender is tender. So I, I think it was some good changes in it and I felt good about it. We got great feedback. So that was just a one-off event. Is it something that you know Prairie Fresh or maybe some other uh, pork producer might say, "Hey, uh, you know, when you guys do this, consider bringing on the pork steak ancillary category for X Y Z event." Well, actually, that was just the first one to try it. Um, we're doing one in Bedford, and um, Smithfield is sponsoring that one. Uh, they're going to provide the steaks. We're doing a, a pork steak cook-off on Friday. 
as well as the people's choice to get that Smithfield pork in the consumer's mouths. And then on Saturday, we're doing our regular steak cook-off. So it's a full weekend. And this weekend, we're uh, doing a fundraiser in Mississippi for Operation Barbecue Relief. We've got 60 teams competing there in both steak and pork. Will that also, also be, is that also like a barbecue contest as well, or just your stuff? No, that's just ours. Wow, 60 teams. Um, the majority of our events are standalone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's great when we can do them with another organization. It exposes us to new people, but these these were all standalones this weekend. You know, Jason King in the instant chat just put up something, and I was just thinking it as well. So let me ask you, since you're around the, you know, the, the pork steaks here over the last weekend, do you think mm-hmm. pork is on the whole, might be a little underrated. Maybe let's hold bacon aside and let's hold ribs aside. Yeah. But, you know, pork chops in general, they seem to be kind of the bastard son of pork for whatever reason. I totally agree with them. I mean, they take the pork butt and cut it into seven slices, about an inch wide. And part of that's getting a money muscle on it, parts next to the bone. I mean, I think it's a great steak for a low-value cost. It is underrated. Break Alloy joining me here on the show, steakcookoffs.com, the website to check out what events might be coming up around your specific location if you want to give it a shot. Uh, current standings, Brett, what are we looking at right now? Well, we got, um, you know, I'm real happy with the current standings. Dan Judd is in the lead. Um, he is from Arkansas. Uh, second place is a guy, Scott Lindley, and he's from Iowa. So our events growing north have given guys up there an opportunity to compete for our points championship and uh, Daniel Ewers in third. He's in. He's out in Nebraska. He's had four wins this year, which is the most anyone's won on the SCA tour. Wow. So that's kind of cool. And uh, Gene Potts in Texas is fourth. Johnny, which guys are starting to know Johnny Joseph's name. He's a godfather of steak. He is in fifth place. And uh, Joe Castillo out of Corpus Christi's in sixth. Your buddies Poncho and Lefty. I'm, I know you've used their rub. Oh yeah. Love Have you it. tried the marinade yet? Uh, I haven't got my hands on it yet. Uh-oh. Good I'll stuff? I'll talk to Roland. Good stuff? Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, he's in seventh. As a matter of fact, the week they came out with it, he won that week. Really? So, yeah, he's had he had a little kind of dry spell for a little bit, and his stuff came out, and he started hitting again. So per- Perfect marketing sure timing. Happening. Perfect marketing timing, right? Yeah, must be confidence. Um, and then Ed Falder is in eighth. Ninth is Shauna Rapolo. She was second last year. And 10th place is, is Hold My Goat, Kenny Meeks. Kenny Meeks. So All right. we've got a great group of group here in the top 10. They're very varied as far as their locations, which for me is great because that just means we're reaching new markets and guys have a chance. Uh, from uh, Can you give us like the quick hit, uh, how you get into the, the, the top 10 or how points are accumulated and kept as this thing keeps rolling on during the course of the season? Yeah, we've got a little different points system. You get a point for showing up. So everyone gets one point per event, and then we give 10 points for first place and one point for 10th place. So you get 10 plus one if you win. You get 10 points total for second. So it it works out pretty good. The guys are enjoying it. Um, it's, it's not necessarily who goes to the most events. You've got to be good to win this thing. So what I found interesting was that you had – somebody finished top 10 in an event, I believe, that used mm-hmm. a barbecue dragon like chimney starter deal and a yeah. chimney chimney griller top. So, you know, you see the Elton Brown thing, but now like Unknown Barbecue would sponsor the show for a number of months or for a year, actually, makes yeah. 
the uh, chimney, the rocket hot chimney griller tops that actually fit onto the a lot of these chimneys out there. So you're telling me a guy went to an SCA event and that's what he cooked on, finished top 10. It's ingenuity. This guy, wow. we're cooking in Colorado this last weekend. So they had trouble getting PKs up to 500 degrees. And most of these guys cook six, 700 degrees. So this guy says, well, I'll use my fire dragon. And so, which is basically a chimney with a blow dryer on it. So it's stoking the fire. And he was cooking at 700 degrees, he said. No way. And he had a, he, all he did was put a grill grate on top. And he bought a pan for nine or a, four bucks at Walmart as his lid to circulate the heat and he took eighth place. So if you can cook, you can cook on anything. I've said it forever. So he, I, he, he had this thing going and then put a cast iron pan on top of it. No, he had his grill grate. He put the steak on top of that and he used the pan as a lid. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, kind of as a dome on top of wow. it. Wow. Cause it wasn't like it was it, so lack of oxygen basically isn't allowing you to achieve the heat that you normally would cook at correct yeah wow yeah i i I did a class up there and it took us an hour to get our chimney hot really anything really yeah wow we were at 1100 what was eleven thousand feet up in saint mary's glacier well that is so here's here's a nice lead in to this guy who's obviously very smart because i never would have thought about doing that but you know you you see or do you see after this happens any type of a potential of what I call the shrinking footprint. In other words, uh, in, in the KCBS, there's this guy, Harry Sue from Slap Yo Daddy Barbecue, that yeah. kind of ran with this concept over the last handful of years. And he does events on one small WSM and he tries to use like 47 charcoal briquettes. And it's all about reducing footprint and carbon footprint and all this other stuff. So in your case, you already don't need the same amount of stuff to do an SCA event as you would any type of barbecue contest, regardless of sanctioning body. You could literally pack fuel, a cooler with some drinks and tools and a chimney and a grill grate for the chimney, throw that in your car or pickup and you have a legit Mm -hmm. shot to win. Oh, absolutely. This guy flew on a plane from Houston, Texas, put his grill grate and the fire dragon in a suitcase with his clothes (laughs) Got there. He bought the lid at Walmart for four bucks. We provided the charcoal, and he he took eighth place. He won a hundred bucks for eighth place. Wow, unbelievable! I mean, you so, could you could almost just dump everything there and start fresh every week. It's not killing you, uh, at least. Right. Wow. Um, in regards to fuel, I guess talk to me a little bit about does SCA allow uh, propane gas? It doesn't matter. Any we do. You know, okay. Yeah, we do. It's any fire or heat source, which was, you know, that guy winning the way he did was great. We've had guys win on a cooking on a shovel in the coals in Amsterdam. Really? So, yeah, fifth place. Wow. So, so yeah, we there's no advantage to cooking on the propane. I mean, on gas. It's a six-minute cook time. I think there's a disadvantage to it, honestly. From a flavor standpoint? From a flavor standpoint. But what it does is it allows the new guys to come in and try it. They're there. They can compete on their gas grill they have in their yard. And, you know, they're going to have a great time. They may not do as well, but they're going to come back because they had fun. And we allowed them to use it. In regards to charcoal specifically, I guess, what Mm -hmm. percentage of folks do you see using lump versus briquettes? Um, Or in other words, which ones do you see being more popular 
right now, and, and why do you think that one is more popular? I think it's about 80% use briquettes to lob. Uh, the reason is you can, when you're cooking steak, is the consistency of the heat. The briquettes, you can actually count how many you put in a chimney and put that amount in there each time to replicate the same heat. Where I used to be a lump guy and I'd have hot spots on the grill. So if I'm cooking two steaks at one time, one cooks faster than the other. Uh, it, it just depends on the cooker, but I'd say 80% are using a, a, a briquette charcoal, whatever brand it may be. You know, I don't know if it's unfair to say that perhaps Lump is losing a little bit of its luster, but I remember 10 years ago, Lump was everywhere on the internet. Everybody was talking about Lump and F briquettes, and they make so much ash, and <laughs> you know, it was it was craziness in popularity, and it's kind of seems to run its course. I'm certainly not saying that it's not being consumed or people aren't using it by any stretch, but it doesn't at least seem to have that same kind of a luster. And I'm wondering if you think the same thing. No, I agree with you. I used to be a lump guy, you know, and I did notice those deal, the inconsistency in it, but it really has started to be a briquette world and the, or at least in the grilling world. And then even on, if you think about it, you know, Kingsford's the number one selling charcoal in the country. Well, with judges, wouldn't they be, you know, they all grill too, probably. So they're probably used to that flavor, that profile. So in my mind, you should probably be using it to keep up with everybody else. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I think that's yeah. uh, that's a whole, I mean, that's a whole other potential judging situation that people would love to talk sure. about in those kind of built-in biases or, or built-in things of... Yeah. Uh, nostalgia when you eat it you think of something and it either yes. is to your benefit or to your uh, perhaps uh, disadvantage but you know nevertheless uh brett coming up this uh, over the last or over the next handful of weeks uh, what some are what are some of the big events we should be looking out for well we've got one in bahalia mississippi mark lambert's putting it on it's steak and pork steak that's actually uh sunday or saturday this weekend I'll make that Sunday. Sorry about that. That's Sunday, but we have over 60 teams for that one already. Uh, Friday, there's one in um, Memphis, and that one has 50-plus teams already. And then the one in Bedford's going to be a big one. They do a KCBS there, and we do an SCA as well. We've got pork steak there on Friday night. we got a regular steak cook-off Saturday. And then the week before, following week, we're actually in uh, Amsterdam again. So we'll be in The Hague, which is just outside Amsterdam on the coast of netherlands still growing inter I, still growing internationally uh, yes sir yeah wow. i think we've just now reached 10 countries and we have four more on the map for next year wow i mean so it's incredible it's, you it's, guys you guys are growing internationally you're growing here domestically i mean it's got to be pretty satisfying well my dad says my dad always said if you do the same thing over and over you can expect the same results and so we're trying to do things a little different and that's that's why I have a blue light behind me. I know it looks weird, but I'm at a uh, pop-up dinner tonight. And every time I go to one of these pop-up dinners, I meet new foodies. These foodies are the future judging for us, for us. You know, we don't a lot of the judges are aging out, and so finding young energetic judges is a hard task and to me coming to these things is great because we can meet new people. Absolutely makes sense to me. We're talking with Brett Galloway, uh, one of the founders of the Steak Cookoff Association, and you can of course check out all the info at steakcookoffs.com, and you can see Brett here every third Tuesday of the month. Brett, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks for coming on. 
Thanks for having me on, buddy. You got Take it. It's Brett Galloway right there. Absolutely. All guests on the Barbecue so, Central show appear via the Smithfield hotline. Smithfield is uh, providing them pork steaks. So it seems like the point, and I saw a lot of people in the instant chat the room saying, hey, you know, I don't know about you guys, but pork steak is like staple in my backyard. So that's cool to hear. Um, I'm actually a fan of pork steaks myself. I love a good, well-placed pork steak. Let's see. I have a text message. I wonder if Stephen Reichland sent me a text message going, why haven't... No. All right. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about the pit barrel cooker. Of course, as I tell you each and every week, when you're looking into buying a new pit, a lot of things to take into account. It can get a little bit hairy. That's why I say, hey, check out the pit barrel and see what I'm talking about. It's kind of fun. It might be the most unique, versatile, and easy-to-use cooker available on the market today. Imagine a unit that turns out the great traditional barbecue meats like brisket, pork shoulders, and ribs, but can also ramp up in temperature to do those burgers, chicken wings, and hot dogs. Versatility all thanks to the hook-and-hang method, placing the food right in the center of the heat, acting like a stationary rotisserie, basically just giving you consistent results each and every time. It can go anywhere you want to go. Totally portable, fits in the back of most trucks, vans, and SUVs, and thanks to its porcelain enamel finish, Pit Barrel can withstand all of the weather types you want to put it in. Don't forget, the accessories here are not to be forgotten. Get them all, you're going to love them. You got the rubs, you got the stainless steel rub shakers, you got the unique removable ash pan, the pit grips, the turkey hangers, the hinged grill grates, the beer koozies that look like little Pit Barrel cookers, the coffee mugs that look like little Pit Barrel cookers. What is he thinking of out there? Hey, for the best part, $299, the Pit Barrel comes fully assembled, ready to cook on, and ships free right to your door. Not only does the cooker ship free, but with so few returns, everything they ship, it's free to the lower 48. Come on, give me a break. Don't take my word for it. The folks at Amazing Ribs continue to hype it. Four years in a row, Gold Division winner. That's the highest rating, by the way. Head on over to pitbarrelcooker.com, see what everybody's talking about. And be sure to check out their full collection of short how-to videos, then pick up a few for yourself. You'll thank me later. If you have any questions, contact them through their website or call 502-228-1222. That's 502-228-1222. And yes, they will actually talk to you. Find out what great customer service is all about. That is their calling card. They want to help you use it well, get creative, and they will answer all of your questions pitbarrelcooker.com. That's pitbarrelcooker.com. We are back to wrap the first hour right after this. Stick around.
big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue, it's the Barbecue Central Show. All right, welcome back. Thanks to Brett Galloway for joining me. Talking about the State Cookoff Association. Man, that sounds fun. I got to admit, every time he's on, I'm hyped up. If you got a pellet cooker, check out cookingpellets.com, your number one source for quality wood pellets to fire all your pellet driven cookers. Visit cookingpellets.com for more info to purchase. You can also check them out at amazon.com. Chris Becker coming up a little bit later in the show, by the way. Alex Pegg in the instant chat saying, Not everyone cooks on grill grates. Judge some great steaks that looked like they were probably cooked in a cast iron pan. A cast iron pan. They're probably cooked in a cast iron pan. That is not incorrect, Alex. I would imagine you are 100% correct because I think the last time that Brett Galloway was on, he said there was a fair amount of folks that put cast iron pan, cast iron pan, on the grill grate, or... On their, on the grates of their grills, got the cast iron pan rocket hot, and then cooked the steak that way. And by the way, he echoed the sentiments of one Meathead Goldwyn from a week ago when we talked about the difference between briquette and lump charcoal. And Meathead said, hey, I know what this briquette looks like, what the shape of it is, what kind of fuel it's going to add, and I can... Subtract 10 or add 15 if I want to bring the temperature up by X amount or decrease it by X amount. Simple stuff. I'm telling you, man. 10 years ago, this is Brian Mayer. Host Lump Axel owned Speakley. it. We're back right after You're this. You're listening to BCRN. All barbecue and grilling all the time. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet for wiener. But listen, Libertius, shit feet. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. Top men. All right, welcome to the second hour. We've made it. I'm not sure how we made it today, but we made it. This is the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about all things important in the world of barbecue and grilling, but you knew that because most of you listen on podcasts anyway, so you know what the hell you're listening to. Uh, if you want to get in touch with the show anyway. All guests on the Barbecue right. Central you Show can get in touch with the show by calling 216-220-0966. Email Greg at the BBQCentralShow.com. On the Twitter and Instagram, said BBQ Central Show. Uh, Rich Morris sending in an email telling me to tell you about Saturday, August 26th in 
in someplace. I don't know where it is. Rich Morris, where is this event? It's the third annual Grill Your Ace Off. Looks like it's uh, partly sponsored by Ace Hardware to some degree. It's Saturday, August 26, 2017. Teams begin arriving Friday the 25th. Judging will begin Saturday the 26th at noon. Food will be available for purchase. DJ raffles and 50-50 will be available as well. I just don't know where the hell that's going to be. Come on, Rich. Help a brother out. Upcoming event at Williams Ace Hardware in West Newton, Pennsylvania. There it is. I found it. Shout out to Rich. So if you're out in West Newton, wherever that is in Pennsylvania, if you feel like grilling something, that might be the place you want to go. Again, apologies to one Stephen Reichlin on the mix-up. Not sure what happened there. I tried him three different times. Got three different no. That was it. Remember, folks that are listening uh, both live and on podcast tomorrow or months from now, this is a live show. I book the show every week, weeks in advance. I spend 12 to 15, sometimes 20 hours a week prepping for these minuscule two hours on a Tuesday from 9 to 11 trying to get good questions on, scouring the interwebs, getting insider information from my embedded correspondence from the Barbecue Central show's regions and states and so forth in order to produce a 100% live show each Tuesday. So when you listen to this only on podcast, I'm sure some of you think, hey, how the hell doesn't he get this guest on? Well, I can't just put the brakes on the show because, A, it makes a two-hour show longer. And two hours has got to be like the max listening temperature or the max listening time. I can't imagine you guys want to sit here for like a four-hour show. I mean, I'm no Howard Stern, that's for sure. I'll sit through five hours of him, and it's just fun and frivolity all day long. Barbecue can probably get a little long in the – it's probably a little long in the tooth after one hour. Two hours is probably pushing the limit for this kind of a show. Long format, industry ESPN of barbecue and grilling type stuff. But I don't throw the brakes on because the minute I do that, and I have four different screens in front of me, I'm watching many different things, I'm trying to watch the email, but I can't always. So as soon as that thing clicks in my mind that I got to move on, I'm off you. Like, that's it. If if he would have called in, During my mindless ramblings, I would have picked up. We would have had however much time was left in the segment and then would have ejected and that would have been it. However, that didn't happen. So when I, if you're not calling in or I don't see your email and then I make the decision unilaterally at any given point during a segment that you're not showing up or I'm past it, boom, you're done. That's it. We'll have to try again some other time. Got to keep moving forward because I have more show. I have Brett Galloway behind you. I have a whole second hour behind you because it's happening live. It's a live show. This is not a pre-recorded podcast like 90% of that crap out there. That's why I say this. We'll do it live. Okay. 
Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. That's what I'm thinking in my head when I can't connect with my guest. I'm angry because we're doing it live. We're doing it live. We'll do it live. That's right. Do, do it, it live. So that's uh, a quick recap of what happens on the show. Uh, still to come, we have Craig Sherry from Texas Pepper Jelly slash IBCA. And we also have Chris Becker, or CB as we know him, from cookingpellets.com. The National Pro Barbecue Tour presented by Sam's Club rolled into North Charleston, South Carolina this past weekend. This was a local qualifying event that sends the top six teams to the Richmond, Virginia regional final on August 26th. And those teams moving on are grand champion, friend of show, multiple time, Florida Barbecue Association Team of the Year winner, Jim Elser, Sweet Smoke Q. 688 and a half. Get your grand champion right there, buddy. Second place or reserve grand champ, as we say, in the biz. Sauced. Barbecue team. 686.2. Third place, the Cupine Nation. Fourth place, Ultimate Tailgaters Barbecue. Fifth place, Uncle Toad's Competition Barbecue. And sixth place, and kind of legend, Redneck Scientific. Way to go. So those six move on to Richmond, Virginia's regional in two weeks. The next National Pro Barbecue Tour event takes place this coming weekend in Asheville, North Carolina. So good luck to everybody competing this coming weekend. Um, I wanted to take a moment, although I probably could have done that in the uh, first segment because <laughs> I had a little additional time, that I wanted to send a special note of congratulations to sponsor of the show, friend of mine, and a rub maker, barbecue business person, uh, and kind of legend in the music industry, uh, Sterling Ball and James the Flame of Big Papa Smokers on collecting their 30th, that's 3-0, 30th grand champion, this uh, grand championship this past weekend at the Saris Bands Brews and Barbecue Throwdown in Saris, California. I'm saying Saris, but it could be, I don't, could it be anything other than Saris now that I'm thinking about it? Cerise? Could be Cerise. I don't think so. Saris sounds right. So congratulations to the gang over at Big Papa Smokers obviously for their longtime support of this show, but for being very consistent. I mean, they've probably racked up more than half of those grand championships in the last 16 months, 18 months, maybe more than that. So big accomplishment. I wonder how many teams have actually won, you know, 30 or more for how long. I mean, it's not easy to do. I don't remember if I talked about it last month, but if you didn't know, Horse Meat 2017 is still a thing. In the middle of July, the House Appropriations Committee took a step towards allowing horse for slaughter in the U.S. by defeating a ban on horse meat inspections by the Agriculture Department. How about that? Wild horse advocates hope the committee maintains the legal barrier that prohibits culling wild horses. However, for years, Congress has prohibited horse slaughter operations by not appropriating funds for federal horse meat inspectors. 
which I've always said last week after a dramatic debate, that even those opposed to the ban called emotional, the Appropriations Committee, on a 25 to 27 vote, failed to extend the prohibition in the next year. Proponents of ending the ban on horse meat inspection included Representative Rob Ardenholt of Alaska, noted that more than 100,000 horses are exported from the U.S. for slaughter in Canada and Mexico every year, and that an American-regulated inspection program should result in a more humane processing of the animal. But Representative Lucille Robel from California, whose amendment would have prohibited funding for the inspection program, said, We know unequivocally that horse slaughter is not human and can't be done humanely because of the unique biology of horses. Uh, Representative Lucille Roulard, what the hell are you talking about? Inhumane for the slaughter of horses, yet we will slaughter everything else and eat it no matter what other than dogs and horses. In some restaurants, watch out for cats. I don't get it. So anyway, long way to go here, but one, one hurdle has been crossed and kind of an important hurdle. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I mentioned it in the first hour, but let me talk to you about the CHOPS Power Injector System, the 2015, 16, and 17 Barbecue Tool of the Year from the National Barbecue Association. The number one seller, the half-gallon CHOPS Power Injector System, designed for competition or to pump up the backyard warrior like me. Easy to use, clean to fill it, pump it, and away you go. If you have just one brisket or pork shoulder to do, you don't need to fill it all the way up. Quit narking me on that. Put in what you need. It uses it all comes with a whole mess of stuff that's cool. It's 100 bucks plus shipping. Then you have the one-gallon chops power injector system. Some use it in competition, like when you cook Memphis and May whole hog, or maybe you're doing 10 shoulders for a catering event. It comes with the same whole cool stuff that the half-gallon comes with. It's 120 bucks plus you pay shipping. Lastly, you have the chops full power injector system. It's electric and is the commercial and competition big daddy. This time, not a holding tank. No, no. It's a three and one half foot pickup tube that you can put in any size container. That's right, from a few ounces to a 55 gallon drum. It was designed for Chef Rob at the best barbecue restaurant in Kansas City. He has said time and time again that with the Chops Full Power Injector System, his briskets are better than ever. This one comes with its own mess of cool stuff. It's $325 plus you pay shipping. A number of the top pitmasters in the world use the CHOPS Power Injector System every day to make their barbecue better than the rest. The thing is, we live in a foodie world now that requires flavor in every bite. This is how you do and do it fast. It's not just for meat. How about an alcohol-infused watermelon or cantaloupe or some other type of melon? Pineapple. If you want extra accessories, they got them. You want to shoot medium ground spices, got you covered for that. Two, three, four-inch, 12-gauge needles help you there. Also, they have a two-inch clothes-tip needle, perfect for shooting fatty meats to keep you plugging up the needles with fat. They sell replacement stock needle adapters and plug screws. They have a great upgrade you can buy to make your chops injector bulletproof. Metal needle adapters. Yeah, that's right. Check out the website, barbecuekansascity.com. That's B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. BarbecueKansasCity.com, the CHOPS Power Injector System, 
gives your barbecue some power. So check them out. I see Dave Qualls working there trying to get that Barbecue Central Show karma. Dave's stuck on 29 GCs. All right, I'll give it to you. Next time out, Dave, you just win. Just go ahead. You can win. Get the monkey off your back. All the karma to you. No problem. All right, we are back with the IBCA current executive director and the creator of Texas Pepper Jelly, Craig Cherry. Stick around. The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue, a man actually named Meathead, the author of a barbecue Bible, bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. The summer Smithfield, as I told you earlier, has partnered with the Ultimate Names and Grilling to bring you amazing prizes and 5Gs, baby. All you have to do is get grilling. Grill it, share it, score. Follow the theme that they're running. Grill it like a steak right now for a couple more days. SmithfieldGetGrilling.com is the website, so when you're taking a picture of whatever you're cooking, then share it. And thank me later after you win 5G's, chump. That's right. How about that? All right. My first guest in the second hour, obviously the creator of Texas Pepper Jelly. He's also the current executive director of the International Barbecue Cookers Association. And he's wrapping up his first two-year stint in that capacity, also running for re-election. We'll talk about that here as well. On top of that, he is one of the most respected and competitive and winning pitmasters on the competition circuit himself. So let's go to the hotline and welcome back friend of the show, Craig Sherry. Craig, how are you, buddy? I'm doing fine. How are you doing this evening? Absolutely fabulous, Craig. Appreciate you making time, as always, for the show. And I know this past weekend you had the uh, annual banquet, end of the year kind of thing for IBCA. So I guess just from a high-level aspect to somebody who was there, obviously in your capacity, but just as an attendee as well, what were some of your thoughts of the weekend and the event itself and how it came off? Actually, uh, thank you for asking. I couldn't be more proud of what we were able to accomplish this year at our annual meeting. And tied to that was our first ever awards banquet where we recognized our top 10 cooks throughout the organization, as well as the top five cooks in all regions. Uh, We started this past year our very first IBCA Barbecue Hall of Fame. We had our first inductees this year, as well as recognizing a head judge for their performance throughout the year and their service to IBCA. And our founding fathers with, excuse me, Citations of Merit, an award that we created to recognize them for having the foresight to put IBCA together and get us where we were today. So all in all, it was a great weekend. It was nice to be in an environment that wasn't a cook-off for a change, to relax, let our hair down, enjoy the pool, have a few drinks in the bar, get to know each other a little better, and take care of some business. Craig Sherry joining me here on the show, the IBCA Executive Director, uh, obviously Texas Pepper Jelly owner as well. Some websites to check it out while we're talking, ibcabbq.org and texaspepperjelly.com. We'll get to Texas Pepper Jelly uh, in a little bit. Um, Craig, let me talk to you quickly about 
the rule changes that are going to be happening for the upcoming season. And I guess specific, well, I guess what's the new stuff coming in and more importantly, you know, what do you think of the major changes are that you want to get out to everybody? Well, really, you know, we had a lot of rule changes, but they weren't really changes. What they, what we did was what I call housekeeping. We've been having a, uh, cooks meetings, explaining things to cooks for years, things that were taken for granted that were in our judge's handbook that our head judges passed on at cooks meetings, yet they weren't ever officially put in our rules. So we took some of those items and actually posted them because we want everybody to be familiar with everything and no surprises. Little things that were simple. We use foil. We do not garnish, as you well know down here. Uh, The foil has been something that's been debated the last few weeks because it never said in our rules to lay the foil flat in the bottom of the tray. We tell them that. We've been all doing it for years. But in today's society, people like to see things in black and white. So it was just time to do some housekeeping and get those things done. As far as uh, major rules I or major changes, there's really nothing significant. Uh, we put in our rules to include uh, electric uh, spits, and I, I don't have the wording in front of me, and I apologize. Electric spits, augers, force fans, things like that. Things that we have been using for years, like gurus, but now it's in writing. The uh, big controversy we had was pellet cookers. You know, did did we want to get rid of them? Did we want to keep them? And they didn't go anywhere. They're still here. We're still welcoming pellet cookers. I don't see a foreseeable change in that in the near future. Uh, we also headed towards something that KCBS has and we struggled with for years. And it's going to take a while to get everybody on the same page, but we're working towards standardized turn-in times for our cooks. And I think this is a big plus because a cook wants to know where they're at when they get there and no surprises thrown at them. So... It's just a combination of things that, that I'm really excited to see going on. So turn-in times right now, it's up to the promoter and any contest you go to. You know, you might start at noon at this contest. You might start at 2 at this contest. And then the times vary in between the meets as well? Yeah. Actually, you know, it, it really has been left up to the promoter and some of our head judges. In the past, the smaller contests, 30 teams and down. They may have had a one-hour turn-in in between rounds. We're standardizing to an hour and a half. Our start time has pretty much always been around noon. There are some contests that they start at 1030, 11 o'clock, somewhere in that range. Never a late start or very seldom a late start. But where we're angling now is 75 teams are down. We want to standardize 12, 130, and 3 for our three meets and have it the same everywhere because that is the majority of our cook-offs in that, in that team range, up to 75 teams. The few events where we have pork butt and people kind of chuckle, pork butt in Texas? Well, yeah, we have pork butt and <laughs> We've got some pretty good cooks that can handle it. Yeah, uh, We slipped that in before brisket, and that would back brisket up from 3 to 4.30 because pork butt would take its place. But that's all good. 
Craig Sherry joining me here on the show. Craig, if we could um, just back up on that uh, pellet thing real quick, because I thought it yeah. was it was interesting because you have you know a question that said, "Hey, do you want to allow or or ban pellet cookers?" I forget what the exact wording was, but you had you know roughly forty eight percent that were against pellet cookers, and then you had so just over half were for pellet cookers, and then there were a couple of other questions obviously that you know that are talking about um electrical accessories such as pits augers and forced air draft and the other question was uh, pits and smokers cannot be electrically controlled in either way so i guess my my question is if one of those passes but like the other one or two don't doesn't that then force the hand on, on the other two potentially yeah i guess it could right now we have to go by what our Constitution states is acceptable. And by our Constitution, pellet cookers are acceptable. Uh, a rule change cannot negate that fact. So if we're going to approach this seriously at some time in the future to change, we're going to have to do it in a correct manner. Uh, but it didn't really seem to be a problem because we do have the majority, be it slim maybe, we do have the majority of the cooks that have no issue with the pellet cookers. As we continue to educate some of the newer cooks in the field, they're also having less issue with pellet cookers. So, yeah, they're kind of tied together, but in reality, we've accepted all of these things like the other major organizations, mm -hmm. and there's just no need to change what works. You don't really hear about it too much in some of the other sanctioning bodies. Do you think that Texas just has kind of that, uh, and I hate to use the term old school, but do you think that they would prefer to have offset stick burners at the majority of contests and not have the other technology? Is there some type of a pride in that potentially, do you think? You know, with some cooks there may be. Uh, when I first started cooking, there were an event or couple of events, if I remember right, that were stick burners only. And they were so limited to just stick burners, as long as you use wood, but they didn't even want uprights. These cook-offs are no longer around. They they fell by the wayside. Uh, cooks, like anything else in life, we have to look to the future. And to sit here and just to pigeonhole ourselves with something that um, – doesn't recognize what else is out there because it's different yet acceptable. I I hesitate at using the word narrow-minded, but I would probably want to say more it's just education. The, the cooks just need to have a better education of why some things are acceptable. You know, one of the big arguments I hear against pellet cookers or it doesn't teach fire management, you can set it and forget it mm -hmm. and go get some sleep. Well, you know, guys, you can get some sleep and get up and start a little later and cook a little hotter and get the same effect. In the end, it's the device helps. There's no doubt about it. But if you learn to cook and, and you are a, a good cook, it's not going to matter what you cook on. The results, I've always said this in barbecue. I, I think you and I have even had this conversation over time, the cream will rise to the top. Craig Sherry joining me here on the show. Uh, Craig, in regards to the IBCA Barbecue Hall of Fame, you had mentioned it briefly kind of up there at the top of the segment here, but how does it? how is it 
working for you guys? Um, what kind of a process is involved in order to become a potential member or, you know, that whole process? And the question is a little bit loaded because there is another barbecue hall of fame in Kansas city that, um, I have kind of railed against because I just have no clue how the hell that thing is even being run or who's seeing what, or, I mean, if, and if you're soliciting for people to be in a bar in, in any hall of fame, it seems a little odd to me because there should be enough people that the only argument that should be taking place should be, well, maybe not this year, but next year, but you're never questioning credentials or things like this. So how does the IBCA Barbecue Hall of Fame set up, and how will people be going in going forward? Well, right now it's set up pretty simply. We have um, simple criteria. We want you to have been in, involved in IBCA, a member, and contributed in some shape, form, or fashion for 10 years. That's probably not hard and fast, but uh, 10 years gives us a lot of people that can be nominated and, and chose from. The nomination process is simple. Any member can nominate a member in good standing that, that has met that simple qualification, and they feel that they've contributed to both IBCA, Texas, and barbecue. The nominations went before a committee, and this committee weeded through them to make sure those that fell within the criteria and those that didn't. And then the final group went to the board, and the board decided which ones they felt were qualified and which ones they thought mm, maybe next year or the year after. There's no guarantees on anything. And we put five members in our first year. There's no set number. We're not going to sit here and say that um, – a person, uh, you know, we're only going to put three. I guess I'm, I'm trying to keep my train of thought. We're only going to put three three representatives in. Right. We're going to put a cook. We're going to put a judge. We're going to put a promoter. Uh, and I did say that we wanted them to be a member and be involved in IBCA for 10 years. But the member is loose because we do have some promoters that have been with us for well over 10 years, but they may not be a member. But if they've contributed and they've supported us, we definitely, in the future, want to consider all of these people. So we had a good cross-section. This year we inducted cooks, founding fathers of IBCA, as well as um, Lynn Shivers. And Lynn Shivers, is, while not a cook, has been a head judge. Mm-hmm. Very respected, has been uh, her husband, the founding father. She's worked diligently and hard for the organization and contributed immensely. So there was no reason not to consider a person like that. And I think that standard will continue to carry forward. Um, I'm really, like you said, it was kind of a loaded question. I'm not sure what you were looking for, but what do you think? Well, I think. I mean, it's loaded in the fact that I'm that I that I'm I'm not at odds, but I find the other Hall of Fame in Kansas City to be this very behind closed doors, no information given. There's no criteria that needs to be met. I mean, at least within your framework, there are things that need to happen or things that you're looking for, and that doesn't seem to be the case in this other barbecue Hall of Fame that they have at the American Royal every year, and it. 
to me, that's kind of a, a weird thing. Not to mention that, you know, Guy Fieri's in the Barbecue Hall of Fame, which is his own problem, according to me. And, uh, you know, that's just my opinion. So, uh, but right. that's so that's neither here nor there. And, and I uh, applaud that you guys have parameters and that uh, it's not some secret society of people deciding if people are getting in or not. It's all pretty much open and transparent. And that's all I'm kind of fighting for as well. So I'm, I'm uh, certainly glad to hear that. Well, I can certainly agree with you, and and we want to be that way. Of course, you know, Texas has got to be a little different, so we want to do things a little bit different. Uh, but the main thing is we want to recognize the people, the cooks, anybody involved that has supported our organization and contributed to our organization first and foremost. Craig, you are coming up to the end of the first two years of being executive director of IBCA. Um, what are you kind of most proud of, some some one or two items that you've gotten accomplished that you kind of set out to do? And I understand certainly that being an executive director or a president or whatever, a lot of great ideas, a lot of things you want to have happen, but there's a lot of things that have to go right in order for you to push that agenda. Well, you know, I don't know that I'm, I'm – there's two things I can name off the top of my head. I'm really proud of the organization for adopting a new logo, modernizing our logo, something that's more identifiable with today's times that stands out and is recognizable. That was uh, a highlight. Um, I'm really, really pleased as well with our training program that we put into place to train our head judges to try to bring more consistency in the judging area. So it doesn't matter if you're cooking on the border down at Harlingen or in Amarillo in the Panhandle or Dallas in North Texas, the experience is the same for the cooks. Those would probably be two highlights that I'm really proud of. But, you know, there's so many other things uh, that go on. The annual meeting this year was uh something that I'm really proud of, that the way the board worked together and members pitched in and helped. It was definitely a group effort. Uh, nobody outshined anybody else. It, it's it's what, I've, what I've wanted to see a long time with IBCA is unity and try to bring everybody together. We still have some, some areas to improve, some things to work on, but by and large, it's headed in a direction that I'm immensely proud of. Craig, unfortunately, I've left you about a minute and 45 seconds to update us on what's happening over at Texas Pepper Jelly and any new products and, and good stuff like that. But it's a, a product that continues to gain popularity. And if uh, people haven't tried it, it's really uh, a, a delight might be an understatement. Well, if you haven't tried it, I'm surely going to say give it a shot. <laughs> Visit our website. We don't really have anything happening as far as new product in the next few months. However, our Craig's or my Craig's barbecue sauce continues to grow by leaps and bounds. And if you haven't tried it, guys, you're doing yourself a disservice. Uh, I've been referred to as the next blues hog. I would never go so far as to say that. I'll let other people say that. But I, I am proud to say it's a darn good barbecue sauce. And that's up at TexasPepperJelly.com as well? Yes. All right. Well, uh, Craig Sherry is the current executive director, IBCA, looking for another term. Also, the owner of Texas Pepper Jelly, and that's TexasPepperJelly.com. Uh, Craig, always appreciate the time and really appreciate you coming on tonight. Thanks so much. Greg, 
Greg, I appreciate the invite. I'm always here if you ever wanted to have a barbecue. Thank I you very much. It. There he is. Craig Sherry right there if you need Old him. on the Barbecue Central show right. appear via the Smithfield Hotline. Doug, uh, check my stats on this as if, you know, if we're going to talk about how great people are being their pit masters and so forth. By the way, uh, Patrick Paquette had said that he's been in the game for like six and a half years. Oh, oh, now I don't want to talk out of school here. Where'd you go? Uh, four GCs in six and a half years. Oh, but, yeah. Okay, well, that's four more than me, Patrick. So never, ever discount how many GCs you have. You're in the process of collecting. But Craig has won San Antonio, was it twice? And Houston? Or is it the other way around? Yeah, he's won some really big events. Like, some of the biggest. All right, speaking of Texas, let's go one state up further and talk a little bit about Oklahoma. My guy Dave Bosco over Butcher Barbecue. I've said it before, I'll say it again, grilling season is officially open for business. Actually, for my kids, uh, summer officially over. They're back in school, much to their chagrin. Anyway, uh, we know that Butcher's has a great selection of barbecue products, right? And the grilling portfolio continues to expand. The grilling oil, I always tell you about that. This is a product that is changing the way people cook right now. These items, shelf-stable, don't require refrigeration like a lot of other butters do. But grilling oil, all you need to do is leave it by the stove or take them out on the grill. That's all you need to do. Need a butter kick? Use butter flavor. Want Chipotle kick or a steakhouse kick? They'll have all those flavors there as well. This is how I use it. So these flavors aren't like over the top. So you can build layers of flavor as you flip. And then once it's done, I take whatever I got coming off the grill and just a thin layer just to lay it down. Man, perfection. Never resting. Dave always in the flavor lab coming up with new stuff. And I've been using the grilling addictions quite liberally, I might add. Very good. Lastly, dealers want it. Come on now. If you own a barbecue and grilling store and you don't carry the butcher barbecue line, what are you waiting for? Hit them up. At ButcherBBQ.com, request info on how to become a dealer. Not only will Dave thank you, but your customers will reap the rewards by getting these fine products in their hands to try for themselves. These products extensively tested both on the competition trail and in my backyard. So you know they're going to deliver the goods. That's right. Head on over to ButcherBBQ.com and check out what they got. And that's ButcherBBQ.com. Always trust your butcher. And we will be back with Chris Becker from Cooking Pellets. Stick around, be right back. Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content in an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Craig Rampey. All right, welcome back. The segment being brought to you by the National Pro Barbecue Tour, presented by Sam's Club. 31 cities, a half a mil in cash, and eternal bragging rights, if you win it. This weekend, Asheville, North Carolina, if you want to check it out. KCBS.us slash Sam's Tour for all of the other good stuff. Helping me close the show tonight, a longtime, longtime sponsor of this show. And if you have any kind of pellet cooker out there, 
This is the place you should be buying your pellet fuel from. Stop being fooled! Let's head to the hotline and welcome back, friend of the show, Chris Backer. Chris, how are you, buddy? Wait, wait. You know, uh, in, in order for me to have you be heard, you gotta unmute. That's right. Sorry about that. That was my bad. That helps. That's right. That's Craig Sherry right there. But there. Oh, there I am. So I, I don't want to uh, get into the weeds, but you did something in the middle of my read where you changed like purple lighting and what was that? Was that, is, do you really have those colored lights in your house or is it you know, magic I, tricks? I gotta tell you, yeah. Greg. Yeah. Greg, that it, it my my so we had you can see the LEDs in the kitchen and we just. We're kind of almost done. We finally got backsplash up. But <laughs> but my daughter loves color. My daughter's 10. Okay. So she wants to have the ability to do this at any time. <laughs> oh my lord. I was like I so, couldn't I couldn't figure out if you had like a piece of broadcasting software that was playing no, tricks with the camera. That's real life happening. Yeah, that is actually really life. That's wow. real life. Yeah. So if she's in a green mood or blue mood or uh Red mood, or purple, or whatever, or as I like, just nice and bright white. Yeah, so, wow, perfect. <laughs> Silliness at its best. I love my daughter, you, you know, and my wife is like, really? I'm like, yeah, it's yeah, well, you know, it's a couple LED lights nowadays. Yeah, no problem. So. Um, so, general question first here, CB, right off the top. Uh, yes, your sir. pellets are made to your pellets are made to go in any kind of pellet cooker, correct? Yes, sir. All right. They are, sir. So should someone be leery if a manufacturer might be saying, hey, you have to use our brand of pellets because they're going to jam the auger otherwise or this or that? Like, what's the deal with that? To the best of your knowledge. So to the best of my knowledge, and you've opened up a book here. (laughs) Not that I have knowledge full of book full of knowledge, but so... uh, there are manufacturers that say if you use anybody else's pellets but theirs, it will um, void a warranty. And that is, uh, one, not, it's a not true. Uh, two, it's against the law. There's actually something called the uh, Magnuson-Moss Act that keeps manufacturers from corkscrewing their customers to only using their brand of consumable. Uh, i.e., if you have an HP printer back in the day, remember everybody had laser printers, and then you had to buy that laser printer was only an HP laser printer uh, refill. Well, that's not true. HP can't tell you only to use theirs because really everything will work in there. So um, really a collective force of many has not complained to one company because eh, it's not worth my time. Hmm. Uh, and I can't get anybody else to roll in with me, but it, it's a falsity uh, all the way across. I'd love for them to call me and tell me different, but it is the Magnus and Moss Act. You can look it up online on Google. You'll read it. It's quite extensive, but it basically means they can't do what they're doing. You can use any pellet, whether it's mine, uh, a Green Mountain pellet in, a, in somebody else's grill or who's ever pellet. Yeah. You could use it. So. That's the answer to that. Yeah. Question. So if you're on the fence and you're biting your fingernails, worried that you know you're you're going to be helping the show out by supporting the sponsor and their pellets, but you have something other than they make their own wood pellets, don't fall for the scam, folks. Yeah. Come and, on. And, and and honestly, I've had a trigger 
for 14 years yeah. and have only used a guy that looks like me, my evil twin, his pellets. So I'm, I'm just saying. All right. Um, so let's talk about new flavors, new products. I saw on the Facebooks that there might be like French wine pellets. I mean, what is yeah. going? You yeah, are a so, mad scientist. So let me uh, give you. I'll give you. I'll give you an insight that other people may know, and I'll give you one that nobody knows about. Then I'll, I'll tell about here. All right. So it's a it's a barbecue central release. Tell me when you're going to oh. do that because I got the whole thing ready. Uh, okay, I will. I'll, I'll, I'll let All you right. know before I do. All right. Okay. So first, the wine pellet. We're doing. Um, we're 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 trying to lead. You know, we always try to lead. So we don't want to do what everybody else is doing. We're leading the way. So what we're what we came up with, um, and it took us quite a while to work on it, is we came up with using a French oak that is completely immersed in red wine. And then we pull it out. We have a, because it's been saturated, there's a couple of different processes in place before you can just pelletize it. So that was the first problem, but we worked through it. So we found a way to basically uh, saturate French oak wood, which is not American oak. It's totally different. If you try the pellet, you'll understand. Uh, and then we saturate it with red wine and we dry that, pelletize it. And then sell it for you, good folk. And 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 people are like, well, what's it taste like? Well, you know, some people are like, eh, but majority, really, ninety-eight percent of the people that have tried it, we've gotten great feedback. And it's kind of like, and only because it's a wine thing, so I'll give it to you in a wine way. Yeah. It's uh, like a medium-bodied sweet, but it's not sweet. It's just like, it's not heavy. Uh, it's not hickory heavy, but it's not. You know, like cherry light. It, it they're sweet. It's very, it's distinct. That's what I'll tell you. It works really good on like red meats mm -hmm. and uh, any kind of red meat. You can use it on chicken and pork and anything else, but it seems to really push out on red meats. So somebody did a tri tip the other day that sent me a note and showed me a picture of it, and they said it was just off the hook. And I'm like, awesome. That's great. So um, I actually just tried a pizza with it the other day. Mm -hmm. um, Excuse me. We had another one, the, the, and I did not yet. I'm not going to start yet. I'm not going to tell you about the other one yet. All right. But we we did the red <laughs> wine pellet in uh, the grill at work, and uh, and it was really good. It gave a really good flavor profile. So so that's the red wine pellet, so and it's a limited edition. So you know, it's only available on our site. Uh, the price includes shipping on our site, um, and we're trying to see. If there if there's enough interest in it to keep it going because it's kind of an expensive process. Do they do they look um, do they look like dark maroon like red wine yeah. color? Yeah. Yeah, they okay. do. If you go to if anybody goes to Facebook and looks for us, just cooking pellets, um, they'll see. Uh, I thought I had some here and I don't, but they are actually when you open up the bag, you'll have a smell of wine. Really? Yeah, it, and it, this is not wine barrels. Because a wine barrel really does not give you the flavor. And, and the reason it's not wine barrels is when they make wine barrels, real quick, they toast the inside of a wine barrel. Right. And then they put wine in it for X amount of months and they pull it out. So it's not saturated all the way around the wood. And really what you're hitting is the uh, toasted portion of the wine barrel. Very, very little bit gets into the actual base of the wood so right. you don't get a lot of flavor out of it. and i'm not knocking wine barrel pellets by any means i mean to each his own i'm just saying it is not that so don't confuse it 
Got completely it. different thing. Nobody's ever done it before. Firsties, right here. Okay. So now we're ready. So the, the new pellet. A barbecue central show exclusive news update. A breaking news desk here in Cleveland, Ohio. Greg Rempe, welcome. Uh, we're going to throw it over to Wisconsin, where Chris Becker is joining us with CookinPellets.com's newest announcement. So, CookinPellets.com has created another new pellet that nobody's ever done before. Really? It's called Apple Mash. It has no apple wood in it. It is. It, yep. It's apple fruit mixed with maple, hard maple wood. What? Wow. Apple fruit. It's, I mean, you say apple mash, and I immediately start thinking of, like, moon shining, and here we go, yeah. party time. <laughs> well, wow. and most people do. Uh, but it's actually apple mash that has been added. It's another new process that is, uh, boy, i got to tell you, it's a pain in the butt. Well, it but, seems like uh, it would be very difficult to mix food and wood. You know, let me tell you something. It ain't easy, Pally. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it, it's, but it's very cool. So, you know, we, I'm, I'm glad that I have a great team that, that works with me and can work with me because I come up with stupid things and they're like, oh, yeah, we can do that. And then they turn the corner and go, what the heck are we doing? So, um, <laughs> I'm, I'm very lucky. My, my whole group is, they're great. So anyway, we figured out another way to create an apple fruit and mix it with wood and make a pellet out of it. Wow. Light, yeah, it's very cool. Lighter, uh, it's, it's sweet but light. And, and I'll say both of these pellets range, their best usable range is between 250, or I'm sorry, between 200, 180, 200, to 350 degrees that is its best performance range and it's based on there's kind of a different chemical makeup of the wood and the pellet because of what we've done to it through uh adding either wine and saturating it or the apple mash so it just works out better in that it's not a high heat wood by any means but the flavor profiles are uh very different are there other wood pellets that you have in stock now that perform better at a higher than 350 range because i think if it's i mean i know like a mac is maybe a little bit different the fast eddies are a little bit different but by and large a lot of the uh, i don't want to use the term run of the mill pellet cookers aren't really great at plus 400 degrees right so i am glad you touched on that greg that's a great question for us so our pellet and everybody knows this, and for those that don't, our pellet has no oak or alder in it, okay? None of our pellets, whether it's our hickory or 100% hickory, it's just that, or our perfect mix, which is a hickory base with cherry, heart, maple, and apple, okay? But there's no oak or, or, or alder in it, excuse me. And for that reason, in some of the base entry-level grills that aren't as heavy a thermal mass, our pellets won't perform like those that have oak and alder. Mm-hmm. So those of you that want high temperatures and have an entry-level grill, um, you're not going to get it out of ours, but you're going to get a lot of flavor. So that's what you got to, you know, the difference is lower temp, higher flavor, mm-hmm. okay? So with the other other grill pellets that are out there that have oak and alder, and I'm not knocking them by any means, please. Make this clear. I am not knocking anybody else's pellets. Our pellets are different. And ours are more flavor profile. Those are more heat profile. 
So uh, personally, I don't use any one of our pellet grills, which we have quite a few. I don't go over 350 degrees in right. any of our grills, whether I'm cooking a steak, a pizza, pancakes, bacon, whatever it is. I, I don't go over 350 because I like that flavor. Now, in the other grills that you had mentioned, the, the higher, a little bit higher than entry level, the big dogs that are out there, um, what you, that, sorry, my focus went out of whack. Um, what you find is, and when we've had it, I have a grill, I can get my pellets, use my pellets and get the grill out 600 degrees. Yeah. I have a Rectac that gets 600, I have a Yoder 640 that gets 600 or 525 or whatever, 500 I think it tops at. But, you know, the grills that are heavier duty are not, not quite entry level, as you said. Those grills, because the thermal mass is a lot heavier, uh, you'll end up getting just a lot more heat out of it. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a little bit our pellet on an entry level grill and not so much on a larger, heavier grill. Do you... Do you mess around? Have you messed around with a charcoal pellet, and then like mix that in with the wood, and then you have like charcoal for heat, and then the wood? Who are you and... talking to? Who am I talking? <laughs> I mean, it's just I'm just thinking out of my head here. So you, you replay that whole thing again. You got to replay the whole thing again. I'll give you two. Oh, geez. you got to replay it all. A barbecue central <laughs> show exclusive news update. Greg Rempe back here in Cleveland, Ohio at the Breaking News Desk again. We have more breaking news from Wisconsin. We throw it back over to Chris Becker to bring us up to date. Oh, my God. I can't believe the news we have tonight. What is the news? So so um, we're actually in the midst of developing an actual charcoal pellet with a wood mix. And, and let me preface this with uh, there has been other people that have tried making charcoal pellets. Okay. And you know as well as I do, not all charcoal is created equal. Yeah. I'm not naming names. Right. Some charcoal that is in a form of a square that's compressed is not what we call lump. Right. Okay. So what has been tried before and sold was non-lump charcoal. Okay. And it's very, very important to remember that. Oh, 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 oh hold, oh, on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm sorry. That's all right. Sorry about that. So we use we use no chemicals in what we do. Everything is all natural binders. Okay, if we were to use those little square things that are pressed, we'd have a chemical influx of what we're doing. We don't do that. So what we're doing is we're actually taking lump charcoal, which is a bear to deal with, and we've had to create yet another process wow. to create and make a lump charcoal. It's not released yet. Our apple mash is on Amazon right now. We just did it a couple days ago so I could release it on your show. So the Apple Mash Thank pellet is, is only on Amazon. You have to type Apple Mash pellet and you'll get to it. Yep. Okay. Uh, so that's on right now. And as far as the charcoal pellets, uh, I don't have a timeline. But we're trying to get it done before the end of the year. And I promise you this, you will be the first to know, sir. All right. I want to know that. Uh, so from a performance standpoint, this is going to raise the temperature, give you the higher BTU, like what's the what's the idea or give you the charcoal flavor in your pellet grill, like what are we what are we aiming for? So, uh, all of the above. Okay. And actually, I don't have any answers because uh, we're actually in testing right now. I mean, like like scientific shit. Yep. <laughs> we're actually we're doing actual hard testing of stuff. So, what I'm what I'm hoping to achieve with all of it is Obviously, uh, higher temps for those that want it, 
but uh, when you drop back charcoal, uh, it has a certain flavor to it. So we're trying to get that certain charcoal flavor back in so you can really use a single device mm. for everything you're used to. So that's kind of where that's that's why we that's why we're doing it. So we are we're moving and we're shaking and we got stuff. No so, doubt. Uh, and two, well, we got one. And, and actually, we we have we have another two that we're coming up with that I can't mention. But over the next year and eighteen, we have stuff coming that no, again, nobody's ever done it. Nobody's ever had the pellet. Nobody's ever created it. Wow. One planned exclusive, one that I kind of conjure into, <laughs> unknowingly, yeah. by the way. But uh, yeah. well, and then of course wine. So here's what we need to know: uh, go get the wine pellets. They're limited edition right now. And yeah, then on our site. On your site, Apple Mash is only available on Amazon. Uh, so yep. I'll put a link in the show notes so people can just click and go right there to get it. Thanks. And, and, then, and it might say that it's not available yet because we just put it up. But trust me, it is. It it might be a couple extra days to get it than normal because it's just getting into the system, but it's available. All right, and then we we will have some type of wood slash charcoal pellet mix, but that is not released yet. It is, nope. in, but it's it, it's in the hopper, and we're scientifically testing it. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Look yes. at you. Yes. Mad yes. scientist of pellets. It's Chris Pecker. There you go. Uh, com is the place to go. Check it out. And again, I'll have the links in the show notes. Chris, always appreciate the time, man. Thanks so much. Yeah, no problem. Hey, Greg, I got to tell you. Yes. Good show as always. Appreciate Thanks. it. Uh, yeah. Honored to be able to support. I'm honored, I'm honored anybody wants to support this show. Are you kidding me? Jeez. <laughs> That's all right. All right, we'll talk to you soon. There he is, uh, Chris Becker from CookinPellets.com. All guests on the that. Barbecue Central show appear via me. the Smithfield Hotline. For the opportunity to support <laughs> Well, I've got him fooled, I see. Yes, that's right. Just like all the rest of you people. Wow. Apple mash pellets. Wine pellets. That's gets, that's gives me the skitters a little bit, but apple mash wine pellets, or apple mash wood pellets, that sounds like crazy Hey, folks, are you looking to turn the heat up on your barbecue skills this summer? If so, you're going to need to get your hands on the most advanced ceramic cooker and high-tech barbecue accessory to hit the market. We're talking about the all-new Monolith Barbecue Guru Edition and CyberQ Cloud, just launched by the Barbecue Guru a handful of weeks ago. The world's first temperature-controlled ceramic cooker and grill with built-in power draft fan is going to give you the easiest and most successful barbecue experience on the market right now. These must-have new products will make barbecuing easier than ever before and will be your new secret weapon for cooking delicious food anytime. If you are ready to buy, here's what you want to do. Head on over to bbqguru.com and grab them up while they last. If you have any questions about what to order, please call them directly, 800-288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU or visit the website bbqguru.com. The Barbecue Guru continues to be a breakthrough in barbecue technology. Bob Trudnack will be on in two weeks' time, perhaps perhaps even next week, but maybe two weeks' time. And we'll be back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. Whole packers, full racks, we'll legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you've found the best Triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today, Craig Rimpey. All right, welcome back. Thanks again to Chris Becker for joining me. 
Who's excited about apple mash wood pellets and red wine wood pellets? Who's even more excited for the wood and charcoal pellet mixture that's going to be coming down the pike? Oh, sweet. All right, let's make tracks out of here. All the way back in the first hour, we tried to meet with Stephen Reichlin. That didn't work out too well. We'll reload him maybe next week. We'll see how it goes. Uh, and then we talked with Brett Galloway from Steak Cook-Off Association. Some big events coming up here over the next handful of weeks. Guy winning top 10 on a charcoal chimney and grill grate. <laughs> Second hour, the current executive director of the IBCA, which is the International Barbecue Cookers Association, IBCABBQ.org. Craig Sherry, owner of Texas Pepper Jelly as well, TexasPepperJelly.com. Craig's barbecue sauce, he said, is lighting it up. He's not saying it, but others are dubbing him the next Blues Hall. That's got to be good. And then we end it all with Chris Becker from Cookin' Pellets, C-O-O-K-I-N Pellets, CookinPellets.com, talking about the wine pellets, how you shouldn't fall for the pellet scam, and apple bash pellets, charcoal and wood pellet mixture coming up down the line. Big show planned already for next week, so we're looking forward to that. September 11th, 2001. I will never forget. And until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.